Field notes, case 025, third of blooming. After a decisive loss at the volcanic heart of Droskar's crag, I returned to make official reports. The Black Sword of Burning has been awarded to Dante, the half-orc, and the unit has recovered the ice sorcerer, Gwyn. The subject's movements have been limited during my time away. Unit monitoring to recommence immediately. adventure. I want to know what have your characters been doing to pass the time in Falcon's Hollow, which for the record has had absolutely jack all going on day in, day out. Nothing has been happening. It's just been winter. So I'll start with Shira. What have you been doing for the past two months? Oh, it's two whole months. Yes. (laughs) So shiny new grappling hook. Super excited about that. Not very expensive, didn't really make a dent in the huge pile of gold that we got, but I like it. I have been getting to know my companions and kind of understanding who they are and like how we operate as a team, kind of getting in that management buzz. But basically that means that I have added a feat called cooperative nature, which means that I have a plus four circumstance bonus on checks to aid. Very nice. Right, exactly. I'm like getting to know everybody. The other thing that is kind of team-based that I have um, sussed out is I've been leading sort of like, maybe I would do this individually rather than like a group class kind of thing, but I'm trying to teach people how to be sneaky. So I've added a skill called quiet allies, which is when in a group we can roll one stealth check and it applies the lowest modifier, but it means that we can all be stealthy together, not just me. That's perfect for my minus two to stealth. So thank you. (laughs) But yeah, in other news, just kind of like hanging around Falcon's Hollow, doing some bow and arrow practice kind of stuff, chilling, probably like hanging out with the, um, the herbalist and kind of helping her figure out her books and stuff like that using my merchant background. Nice. All right. Same question goes to the rest of y'all. Who wants to go? I could go, Dex. So, you know, since Dante has been stuck in town, he's been, like, really cooped up, and he decided to, you know, help the Church of Saren Ray out of, um, you know, with, like, odds and ends. So if somebody needs help, if somebody needs to, you know, deliver some groceries or some herbs or anything of the sort, he's he's been helping out. And during that time, he has... Gained some skills, and one of the ancestry feats that I've recently got on the level five up is um, something called the Clever Imposter, 
And basically it's, you've learned how to handle situations when you're out of your depth, you gain the untrained improvisation, uh, general feat. In addition, you can attempt skill actions that normally require you to be trained, even if you are untrained. So I feel like he's just kind of doing a little bit of everything in town. Can he staying busy and trying to learn what he can while he's out on these missions? And maybe he, instead of, you know, getting a delivery fee, he might learn something from the person he's delivering to. So Dante's learned how to bullshit. Yeah. All right, Briggs, what have you been doing in the last two months? Well, being the jack of all trades and a master of one, I also took a clever improviser. Oh my gosh, so were you helping me? Wasn't expecting where I had to go, but yes. <laughs> it says uh, under our skill sheet, do we click train for it, or we just need to remember, like, hey, I, I can take this as trained. I would not click trained. It's just remember that you can do those things. Because there's a bonus for that, being trained. Yeah, because you're not actually trained in those things. You just can attempt them whether or not you're trained for it. Okay. Basically, the two of you both learned how to bullshit. Yep. Exactly. We can bullshit our way through a situation. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the, that was my plan. This really feels like the next step on that path more than, oh, suddenly I have learned to bullshit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, Briggs, have you basically been tagging along with Dante? Yeah, I probably picked up a few things from, uh, you know, what he knows. I probably showed him a, thing, a few things I know. Awesome. And Imogen, what have you been doing over the past two months? After going and exploring Draskar's Crucible to try to reclaim some of Torog's holy light in this desecrated place, it felt underwhelming and kind of left her in an unsettled place. This was the reason why she was in town in the first place, and now what? So she's taken it upon herself to train the mediocre blacksmith in town. And she's also helped out at the Church of Ioma Day. And during this time has, you know, done her best to scout the, the Dark Moon Wood and, you know, draw a better map of the place. Hence why she is now an expert at survival. So she has a plus 13 to the survival skill, which is badass. Additionally, she's, she's a zealot but maybe a little less in your face about it. So at level five, when we got our skill increase, she got a whole whopping plus two to her charisma. So she has, she no longer has a negative to her charisma, which means that she can cast an additional heal as a part of her divine font to help her party out. So yay, the Claire can, can do more healing now. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> A cleric that could only sort of heal before, but can now definitely heal. But I also wanted to, as I as I mentioned to you all earlier, I've got a, I'm going to say it on air, Eli, I done goofed. And during character creation, we started, you know, I, I came in at level four. And I had just played a Pathfinder Society 1E wizard for months and months and months, who was also um, of, you know, at level five, or was at level five. And I just, I, I goofed. I either couldn't read and misread the core, core rule book or just, you know, blithe ignorance. 
last level, I thought she had third level spells and she did not have third level spells. So that time that I cast Searing Light and that time that I cast Wanderer's Guide, etc., etc. I'm so sorry, but I couldn't have, I shouldn't have been able to have done that. <laughs> oh well. That's okay. <laughs> so I understand and I I understand I am the weakest link and I will vote myself off the island. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay. So it's morning and you all are eating breakfast at Jack and Apes, the local tavern where you've been given free lodging and food for now months on end. The tavern owner, once super gracious, has stopped chatting with you in the mornings, and you see him occasionally pacing in his back office, wringing his hands and shooting terrified looks your way. The cook comes out and places a large pitcher of milk on your table. He hesitates a second, looking at all of you, and says, How long are y'all gonna stay here? We're running a business, and Jack's starting to lose his shirt on this whole heroism thing. Uh, I know what I'm not wanted. I'm going to say Dante pulls out a bag of gold. He ain't dealing with this this morning. It's too early. Ha <laughs> ha, good sir. Here you go. Here's some gold for your troubles. Well, I will take that. We have kids to feed. I completely understand. And he grabs the bag of gold. Not the bag of gold. I put some gold from out of the bag. Oh, I thought you put a whole bag of gold no, on the table. No, ma'am. You can go and get on with that. You ain't take the bag of gold. Dante, <laughs> Dante's not greedy. But Dante needs to see an itemized bill. How much gold exactly have you put on the table? How long have we been there? You've been there since the summer and it's spring. So almost a year. Almost a year? I yeah. I thought it was two. Well, I guess we were. Two months since bell tide, But from bell tide to the summer before, you were also there. Because oh, yeah. you came into town in the summer. Um... That's how you became the Falcons. Four, whatever stupid name you okay. have. <laughs> um, and that's how time works, too. That's how time works, yes. Yeah, okay, well, thank you. And I and Dante has never paid a bill. Yeah, they, they promised to give you free lodging and food because oh. you saved them during that plague. What would the itemized bill be? It probably, you know, uh, I don't know, if we have fine chambers, I imagine it would be something like five silver a night. And... One gold is 10 silver, and math is growth area for me, so I'll allow somebody else to figure out what that might equate. So you were thinking like a, a gold piece per 10 days? Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. I'm happy to do the math on this one. Three gold pieces per person per month for nine months. Three times four. So that's times nine. Oh, shit. I pulled out a calculator and that's 108 gold pieces. That's why they're so stressed out. I can see that. I understand now. Don Dante saw the itemized bill. and um... <laughs> Why do we pay them? Since like, we still want to rely on their goodwill, we'll give them like 50 gold pieces. That's still like a lot of fucking money for these guys. And I'll handle it. I got this, guys. <laughs> All right. The the cook grabs it and he just he just starts crying on the spot and Jack comes running out from the back and just hugs the cook and hugs the gold and starts crying as well and the two recede into the back office crying over the gold that they finally received. Well, I feel terrible. Well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, somebody was going to give them 50 gold pieces. <laughs> 
and <laughs> some of you are going to give up no gold pieces, so Dante's feeling better. I, I wish they had just, you know, said something. We we could have just had a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Communication ain't the strong suit of these folk. Nope. I don't know whose voice that was. <laughs> yeah, who, who are you? What? <laughs> don't you know the fifth party member? <laughs> What's the fifth party member's name? I'm just a local uh, person who's cleaning the floors and was over here in this whole business. Don't mind me. Well, I don't know your name, good sir. What is it? <laughs> table. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Good table, sir. Good to meet you. How do you spell table? The T H A B E L. Table is uh, T apostrophe A B L L L L L E. My gosh, that's my uncle's name. <laughs> Old Table Blackthorn. Yes, it's a common name in these parts. <laughs> and Table uh, uh, proceeds into the background as well. <laughs> so just as you guys settle your bill and everyone is leaving you alone to eat your breakfast. The doors burst open and Sheriff Deirdre Bailson, played by Serena Williams, busts in and hustles over to you. She's completely out of breath. Good, you're here. Laurel's niece is missing again and all my constables are out protecting this month's lumber shipment. Can you guys help? Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, come come with me. We, we can go speak to Laurel at her apothecary shop. And she'll let you know everything I do. Okay. Dante gets up and takes one big bite of his flapjacks or whatever he has. And just kind of stuffs his face on his way out. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's it. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> All right. You're eating a flapjack. Just roll into like a burrito and take it with you. I mean, but it's got all, it's got syrup on it and it's all sticky. So he's like, you know, he's a little more refined than rolling it, a flapjack up into a pancake. You roll the sticky to the inside. Yeah, but it's going to come through, my man. I don't know if you rolled up a flapjack, but Brent has, and it doesn't work. <laughs> yes. You guys go to the apothecary shop, and as soon as Sheriff Bailson has made sure that you got there, she runs off. She's got a million things to do, so she's out. And you walk in, and it's the same apothecary shop you guys have been to before. Shira, you've been spending a bunch of time here, so you're pretty familiar with Laurel. And of course, you also know her niece, whose name definitely did not get rewritten because I definitely didn't forget it. But Daphne is missing. Laurel comes running out to you as you get close. And uh, she is a tall, thin woman with long dreadlocks tied back into a ponytail, which also has not been a changed description of her, as we all definitely remember. Mm -hmm. Played by Jada Pinkett Smith. Of course. Jada Pinkett Smith just has dreads now. Uh, yep. And Laurel says, Goodness, I'm so glad you guys have come. My rambunctious niece, who, as we all remember, is named Daphne, and not something else, disappeared into thin air. I saw her. She was in the back garden, and I swear I was looking straight at her. One second she was there, and the next she was gone. What do you mean? Did she disappear in like a cloud of smoke or something? Or did it seem arcane in nature? Well, come come into my back garden and you you take a look. It seemed, well, it seemed awful strange to me. 
Yes, ma'am, you lead the way. Lead the way. Yeah, let's go. So you walk into the back garden. There are neat rows of covered herb boxes, this being an apothecary. There's a large berry bramble along the wall and an arched trellis covered in an iridescent purple flowering vine. The air drips with a sweet honey-like scent. It's the beginning of spring and all of these flowers and herbs are blooming or about to bloom. Laurel points to the trellis. She was standing right there. I was watching her and making sure she was actually doing the weeding. She was grounded again. You know, she keeps sneaking out. Well, I turned away for, I mean, less than a second. Not even a second. I think I just blinked, turned, looked at the, the drink I was drinking. And she's gone. Was there like a sound or did she cry out? Was there anything... Any other clues you could give us? Uh, I didn't hear anything. I didn't see any smoke or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, she was standing right here and she walks over to the trellis where she was standing. May I? Uh, these these flowers, can you tell me a little bit about them? The, the, the purple flowers on the trellis? Oh, well, that's a plant a traveling trader gave me. Said it's some kind of wisteria and you can boil the flowers for heart troubles, but I haven't really tried it. It grew awful fast, almost overnight. What is burl? It's bowl. Bowl. You know, you gotta boil some water. Yeah, I know. Bowl the oil. I don't understand that accent. What? (laughs) Wait, Cody, you're from Alabama. How do you say boil? I understood it, but I meant the character. (laughs) <laughs> okay i'm just curious because the weirdest part of brent's accent is words boil soil and oil boil soil and oil dante translates <laughs> that's a plant a traveling trader gave me i haven't tried it really it grew awful fast almost overnight oh almost overnight hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about this traveling trader ah uh, well uh he was wearing a cloak well, kind of a, a strange fella, now that I think about it. Didn't, didn't look too much like a guy or like a, a gal, either. Just kind of a, a real pretty, skinned person. Um, but yeah, wearing a traveling cloak, just came in via the river and said it was a real great way to, to cure, you know, headaches and heart troubles and all sorts. Can I roll a nature check? Yeah, I was going to say nature check. Um, actually, while she's doing that, can I check the cup as well that she was drinking her drink out of? Sure. Okay. So I was wondering if someone might pick that up. Yeah, that's what I was doing. And I figured you were getting nature stuff. So. Uh, do the nature check first. So I got a 19. Okay, I'll give it to you. Yes. Being a nature check and not some other type of check, that is the check I had in mind. With a 19, you know that plants don't grow up overnight and that that is very suspicious. You also know that there are magical plants. These exist. Time to start doing some magic then. And Imogen will hold out uh, a hand over the, over the vine and begin to detect magic. Woom, woom, woom. There is conjuration magic coming from the purple vine. All right. And you just held your hand near it. You didn't touch it. 
Yeah, I just held it over it. Is this vine, like, wrapping around the trellis? It's wrapped around the trellis, and the trellis is roughly horseshoe-shaped. So you can, like, stand in it, almost. If you think of a trellis as, like, the things that people stand in front of in weddings, think of it as having three sides. Uh, Brent wants to, or Dante wants to check out the cup. What role would you like me to do? Well, what are you trying to do? Detect I'm trying to see if there's any, like... Perception, maybe? Okay. I got a 26. You investigate it. It is tea. Dope. <laughs> it seems fine. It's cool. just a cup. Cool. Just verifying. She wasn't like tricked. Her daughter sneaking out. She's not sipping on the hooch or anything. You know, or maybe some people slipped in. You know what I'm saying? A little mm-hmm. Irish tea. Yeah, a little, you know. <laughs> Irish coffee. Maybe making one of those leaves from that found its way into the you know what I'm saying? As you investigate the cup, you realize it's a really nice cup. Like handmade. Mm. Just handmade? You think it's got a cute design on it. Does it uh, have a name on it? It's got vines painted on it. Does it Does it have a does it just vines and a name on the bottom? <laughs> I'm winking at Eli. I don't understand why you're winking I'm at winking me. I'm winking at her. She's been making pottery lately and I feel like she should like Add a plug of herself. Do it. You're making great pottery. It says Correct. Eli on the bottom? Yeah. That's what oh, oh, well, Dante's writing that in his book. And he's sketching out a picture of <laughs> this amazing pottery in this no. nice mug. Okay. Shira wants to take a sketch to send it back to her parents. <laughs> go for it. Yes, that's okay. Go for it. It has, it has a cute vine design Ooh. on the side. To recap, nice mug, just tea. There are magical plants that exist. Plants don't grow up overnight, that's suspicious, and there's conjuration magic coming from this purple vine. All right, then I'm going to attempt to identify it because I am trained in the nature skill. Sarah, I didn't I didn't catch or understand exactly what your spell does. Can you start from the top on it? Yeah, so it's it's pretty weird how they do it in Pathfinder 2. But as I've mentioned before, they split detect magic into detect magic. You just know if it's magic or not. And then read aura is the follow-up spell that allows you to detect the school of magic. And then my understanding, my interpretation of that is that that also correlates to the tradition of magic. And there are four traditions of magic, divine, arcane, occult, and primal. And you can only identify magic if you are trained in the associative the associated skills that correspond to them like arcana for arcane nature for primal religion for divine occult for occult what are you trained in of the those four i'm trained in nature and religion and unfortunately i only got a 13 on my nature check religion didn't seem like it would really apply here but i don't know Religion doesn't apply here. Uh, you can tell that it is primal. And I think I even said the school of, of magic in the first part anyway, which is why I'm giving it to you. It is conjuration magic and it is natural. Primal origin. Okay. Can I inspect the, uh, the, the arch but not go through it? What exactly are you doing to the trellis? Like, describe to me what you're doing with your body. I'm going to walk up to it and... Uh... 
three or four feet away and just to look at it, see if I see anything that seems out of place or odd. All right. Give me a will saving throw. 15. Okay. With a 15, you find yourself super drawn to this plant trellis and you find yourself walking into the center of it and just standing there in the center of the plant area. Uh, Briggs might want to not, not get too close. Yeah. We don't know what's going on here. Yeah. He was standing next to it and he finds this urge to step into the center and he does that. And for the rest of you, this is what that looks like. He's there standing in the middle. There's no sound. It's like your eyes reset and Briggs has disappeared. Briggs! Y'all saw that, right? Uh, Briggs! Dante looks around as like, uh, you guys see that? <laughs> Laurel, tell, tell us exactly what this person looked like. You said couldn't tell their gender. They were wearing a cloak. You know, like a real androgynous, kind of kind of tall, kind of real tall now that I think about it. Real tall, androgynous, nice skin, hood, traveling cloak. You know, like a traitor. I'll, I'll turn to my companions and then back to Laurel and say, I, I think we need to go in after Briggs. I, I think it's going to take us somewhere. And then when we get back, I think we need to destroy this plant. But please don't do it while we are wherever we are, because we might get trapped. What do y'all think about that? I wholeheartedly agree. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, da- I mean, Dante still, like, just saw Briggs disappear beneath this plant thing. So he's like, mm, I don't know about this, but... All right. This might sound kumbaya, but I also think we should all hold hands while we go through, just in case we wind up separated. So all three of you go into the trellis area. It's a little cramped, so you're kind of almost group huddling, like a... Oh, wait, do we have all of our shit? Like, did we... Yeah, you have okay. all your shit. Dante always has all of his shit. Yeah, you have all your shit. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, I was saying Dante's always prepared, so that's one of his feats, I think, in the beginning. So. I assumed that when you were at breakfast, nope. you were fully armed to oh, the yeah. teeth. Oh, yes. Yes, totally. These are dangerous times you of live course. in. I don't know whose voice that is either. That's that's Table with that's... four L's. Table came on back. <laughs> table being super normal from the background. Yeah. Okay. So all of you guys go in, you're like huddling in this trellis together and this is how it feels. And this is what Briggs felt as well. You feel yourself getting into the center of the circle. And it was almost like once you get too close to the trellis, it's like you're not really moving. It's like you're just entertaining the thought of standing in the middle, but then you blink, you're in the middle You blink again, and it's a sudden change of temperature, like you've just stepped into the sun from a shadow. And when you look around, you're not in the garden anymore. You're in what was once a grove of trees surrounded by farmland. The trees 
are now bone-white husks, cloaked in the same purple-flowered vine that was on the trellis. The vine forms a perfect circle in this grove, and you're standing in the center. The fields around you are cracked and withered. The dry stalks of what used to be a thriving corn field now crackle in the breeze. In one direction, smoke rises in a thin plume. In the other, farmland continues to stretch beyond the horizon. And Briggs is also there. I assume he took like three steps out of the way so that you didn't teleport on top of him. Well, that was a trip. There you are, Briggs. Oh, hey. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like poking something with a rapier. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> How long have you been here? Did we come right through after you or were you here for a while? A few seconds. And time, time is the same. Okay, great, cool. All right, so what do you guys do? Looking up, is the sun still in the same place? Does it still seem like we're on the material plane on Galarian? Yeah, it seems like it's roughly, it's still roughly mid-morning. You just seem like you're somewhere else. Can Dante look for some tracks of the, the girl that had disappeared? Was her name Daphne? Sure. Give me a survival check. I got an 18. All right. Uh, yeah, you see some footprints that are roughly in the size and shape of a teenage girl's feet, as far as you can tell. They're not, like, huge, basically. Cool. You can see smoke in the distance from one direction, and her footprints are going in that same direction. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yep. Cool. So do you guys head that way? she do you get the sense that anybody's got their eyes on us? Let's roll a perception check and see. So my perception without the trap enhancement is 22 and with the trap enhancement is 23. You don't see any traps. Great. But as you're looking around, there's corn everywhere. And this time of year should be nice green corn because it's spring. But like I said, it's all kind of cracked, withering, sad, dry stalks. So something you are going to think about is how easy it would be for something to attack you. And we have quite the history of things attacking us in spooky cornfields. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Wait, has something attacked us in the spooky cornfield? Yeah, corn we, we back in the old... Do I just not remember these? The giant minotaur. Thing. Oh, yeah. I forgot. My bad. The corn thing, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to draw draw Soot and my shield and look look over my shoulder at my companions and say, all right, shall we head to the smoke then? Yes. Yes, yes. Of course, Dante's going to pull out his javelin and he purchased a shield while he was in town. So he pulls that out as well. All right. So you guys head into the corn on the way to what? is probably a fire somewhere the, heading towards the smoke following these footprints. And you make it about half a mile before you start to hear a rustling in the corn. And each of you choose a number between one and four and tell tell it to me which, which number. One. Three. No. I'll take two. Four. 
All right, so Dante, as you're walking ahead, you get slapped straight in the face with a razor sharp cut. And it seemed to have come from the corn itself. <laughs> it probably isn't going to do a ton of damage, did but it, I'm going to say that it did hit because it was a surprise. It cut pretty deep, actually. I'll take it. Dante's actually kind of stunned. He was like, just got whipped in the face. Dante shrugs it off, but it's still like kind of stunned because it came out of nowhere. Did anybody, did anybody see where that came from? I think the corn just bitch slapped you. When you look around, all the corn looks is acting really normal, and you're like, huh? Can I do a perception check on this corn? That is not a phrase I would ever thought I would have heard in my life. <laughs> well, off the table, I'll take it. That is a 26 perception check. Okay, you eagle eyes the corn standing next to you because you're super suspicious yeah. of like, what the- I just got slapped in the face. You in the stink eye. And you can see, so all the corn looks normal and then there's one corn that's got blood on the side of one leaf. Y'all think uh, Dante's acting a little strangely? He, he seems like that, that corn came out and bit him or something. I would like to turn and show my bleeding face to Imogen. Oh, my word! And be like, the corn done got me. I seemed it. It's over there. And I'm going to point to the... It's like next to you. Okay, like, I'm going to like... Six inches. Okay, I'm going to back away a little bit and be like, that corn done cut my face. I don't know if it was an accident, but it was enough to cut deep. Enough to take 4 HP away, so... Dante is like, beware of this corn. All right, I'm going to draw Sutnik, which is my uh, dwarven clan dagger, and uh, try to saw through the, the bit of corn that cut him. Do it. Okay, I I do it. Do I do it? Roll, roll to hit. Okay. <laughs> also, I'm going to pull out my scimitar. Okay. This strangely reminds me of, a, as a kid, he... You ever play with that razor grass stuff? They can whip each other with it and you cut each other with it? Yes, I remember that shit, dude. That's, uh, let's see, 17 on the die for, uh, like 27. Uh, yeah, that hits. And how much damage does it do? <laughs> Seven points of slashing damage. So, when you do that, I want all of y'all to roll initiative, because now... Several of the corns have started moving, and they don't seem happy. All right. Ha <laughs> ha, time to shuck some corn. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't you dare edit that out, Eli. We're keeping shuck the corn. I'm going for it. I got my, I got my flamingo American shorts on. I'm going for it. <laughs> shuck you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Keep them both. It's corn, isn't it? We gotta make corny jokes. It has to happen. Come on. Come on. Dante can't be the only one. All right. Roll initiative, please. There are four corns that are moving. Should I use perception for my initiative or? Yes, please use perception for all of your initiatives. Okay. Okay. 
All right, I have to roll for the corns. Hold on. Wow. That was a one. Again, something I would never heard of, thought I would hear in a D&D game. I had to roll for the corn. I bet there are stranger things that have happened. It's still weird. <laughs> True. So, how does this look? Basically, you've just had Dante get sliced in the face. He turns to Imogen. Imogen freaked out. Then Imogen decided to attack that corn just to see what would happen. And uh, several of the corns started, like, aggressively moving with intent, unlike how corn normally works with wind. And it was, it's just like from side to side in the wind. Like, how do we know it's <laughs> is it menacing? Or... The rest are standing still, and these ones bend and, like, use their leaves, their leaf sheaths as arms. You guys are all within five feet of each other. The corns are all within five feet of you. So you're they're right up on you. Excellent. Briggs, you are up. Well, first, Briggs is going to take a side step to make it six feet distance. Okay. Everybody got that joke, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, is that a COVID-19 joke? <laughs> <laughs> and I want to attack the closest corn to me. Okay. Choose a number of the corn. There's four. Just tell me which number corn. Three. Okay, corn number three. Roll to hit. Twenty. That'll hit. Is that a critical? No. All right. These are no oozes. I'm fixing that problem. <laughs> All right, seven. Okay, seven damage. So... How I am going to imagine that this happens is that you have a very sharp rapier and you pierce right into the head of the stock. Seven points of damage done. What's your next action? I want to uh, swing again. That's at a negative two, right? Negative five? Five, okay. I was just trying to, I couldn't remember. Negative five. 22. All right, that's a hit, not a crit. And that's four points of damage. All right. And your last action. Or wait, did you move? Did you actually move or was that a joke? No, this is kind of like a joke. I think I'm going to hold. All right. Dante, your turn. So Dante, the one that cut his face is right there. on Right in front of you. Great. That's it's blood corn number one. Good. Blood corn number one's going to die. So let's see, I had my scimitar out. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a good old slash with a scimitar. All right, roll the hit. 25. That is a crit. Yes. And? I told you, Dante's coming. These corn, these corn creatures were stalking us. Yeah. I tried. I'm gonna keep making jokes, guys, until you guys make something. <laughs> you guys, missing ear is the card. The no! card. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! Wait, 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 wait. Oh, yes! <laughs> nice! <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> because no part of the rest of the card makes any sense for the corn, we'll just do double damage. 
That'll be 12 points of damage. Ooh, and you killed it. Woo, told ya! So you saying. slashed all of the ears off the corn until it was just stock. And the creepy part that I forgot to mention when Imogen hit the corn is... It's going to bleed. It's definitely going to bleed. Both times, it bleeds. It bleeds blood. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, God. <sighs> yep. Yep. It bleeds blood. And when Dante absolutely destroys it, when you cut the ears themselves, it spurts blood in like a... Sprinkler fashion? Kind of a sprinkler fashion, Go. yes. Whoa. I, I hope it sprays upon Dante and he's like, you done fucked up. And then I'm just going to like peer over at the next stock of corn being like... <laughs> <laughs> the one in front of me has like two holes in it just bleeding <laughs> rain and blood uh, yep Dante's gonna go for that next doc okay so the next, a, the next corn five. next to you is I'm going to say corn two corn two All right, and that's at a minus five right yes okay, let's see. Do, 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 do. that would be a 27 to hit to hit that's also a crit um it's normal damage and the target is sickened for 1d6 rounds because it gets gory basically. Oh, it's about to get gory. Oh my word. That'll be seven points of damage. Seven points of damage, alright. Imogen. Alright. I'm gonna take a step out of the out of the fray, but still remain within five feet of my allies and cast Bless. And with Bless, that means that everyone has a plus one to attack moving forward. And yeah, plus one status bonus to attack rolls. Is that your whole to Oh yeah, you moved and then you cast? Yeah, it was a two action spell. Okay, when you move, did you move like backwards away from the corn or to the side? So I've, I've been doing a lot of... Uh, researching just now while you all were going, definitely still paying attention about attacks of opportunity within PF2. Chances are these creatures do not have that attack of opportunity reaction, but just on the, the off chance, I was trying to like kind of get out of their grill while keeping my uh, companions within five feet of me. Would that have been possible? Okay. No, that's fine. I mostly wanted to just to know where you were, like if you took a couple steps back away from Oh, everyone. gotcha. Yeah, so... I, I've got my my allies in front of me and the enemies in front of me. So just okay. kind of stepping, stepping back. And that's my turn. Perfect. All right. One of the blood corns gets to go now. It is the one that is right in front of Briggs. And what it is going to do is something called Blinding Bloom. It is going to release a stationary 20-foot high cloud of fine pollen in a 20-foot radius. It acts as an obscuring mist spell, and it lasts one round. So, it releases a bunch of pollen. It's going to be gross uh, and sneezy. But also, <laughs> it makes it uh, so that you guys can't see more than five feet in front of you. So now you're in like a spooky pollen mist, which I'm going to say is tinged very yellow. Oh. And 
that second move and last move, because I'm going to say that that was two turns for the obscuring mist spell of Pollen. The next move is going to be a, to attack Briggs. That's a seven. That would be a critical failure, because I'm 23. Oh. Just curious, what, what counts as a critical failure? Ten below. Oh, gotcha. Right. And then I have another ability called Opportune Repost. When a foe within your reach correctly fails a strike against me, I get to attack back. Yep. So it's just like a normal attack. Mm -hmm. So, 22. All right. A 22 is a hit. And that's 10 points of damage. And it dies. Two out of the four are down. And uh, the next turn is Shira. All right. I think my best move is to use my short sword to slash at um, one of these remaining two corn things. Let's go for corn four. So roll to see, then roll to hit. Okay, so the roll to see was a 13. That's fine. Yeah, and then I'm going to roll the hit. Well, uh, it's 18 because I got a one on the die. Yep, that's a hit. Okay, and then damage. Six. All right. So you hit that guy, um, and it looks sad and a little bloody as well. Doesn't spray quite as much blood as the other ones have. That's good. Just got to stay clean. I want that corn to have some personality. It's got some fortitude to it, right? Yeah. It's a hefty corn. A hefty corn. Well, one would say that it was husky. Oh. I'm going to keep making corn jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Corn two is now up, and corn two is directly next to Dante. I only had, well, that was one action. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. You go. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> um, do I have to roll to see you again? Yes. Okay. I got a 12, so that is, I have seen this corn. Yes. Uh, 6 plus 17 is 23. So I hit the corn. That's a hit. And damage of 4. All right. Oh wait! Wait! Oh, I have I didn't subtract the um, the penalty for doing it a second thing, a, a second hit, right? Right, but you got like a twenty-three, right? Yeah, that's still a hit. Okay, with a minus five. Cool. All right, and you said you did how much damage? Four points of damage. Okay. How's that blood corn doing? It's not. It looks like you it are look, cutting it down. Uh, Amazing. It doesn't. <laughs> Brent got kicked out of the party. Uh, no, it does not look amazing. Okay. Uh, then last action, I'm gonna try and hit it again. Uh huh. Um, to see, I rolled a twelve. To hit, oh, um, it's a two on the die minus or uh plus 17 so it's 19 but then it's minus 10 this time that's not a hit that's not a hit okay no 
No, no. Okay, now it's Corn 2's turn. I have a question before we go any further. Yes. Um, On that card that I had, it had like poison damage or something? Gory damage? Sick Sick damage. And it goes on its turn. Can I see that card? Or what's going on? I I didn't write it down. Okay, thank you. Uh, It has 1d6 of sick that is going to hit it on its turn. Okay, cool. Basically. Okay. It's like a poison effect. Okay. Dante hit it with some roundup. Yeah. Yeah, It's just bleeding a lot, you know? Thank you, Cody. Uh, (laughs) So Corn2 is going to... It's just going to turn towards... Because they can turn. It moves its little roots as a free action. (laughs) And uh, it's creepy. (laughs) And it is going to attack Dante. Okay, let's see it. That is a 16. 24. I think my dice are cursed because... Out of 24 AC? This is not the first time With that I've been rolling up, truly badly. That's cool. Uh, thanks, Sarah, for the cursed dice that you sent me. <laughs> okay, yep, so it misses. With its next move, it is going to try again. Nope, it's not going to hit. Yep. Well, shit. So it is going to just stand there. <laughs> yeah. Droop over and die? Uh, they can They can walk. Also, doesn't it need to do its 1d6 damage? Gory damage? Oh, right. I was this like watching it just squirm. It does one damage. Okay, so you're down to eight. Hmm? I've already attacked that one. Uh, yeah, but it's not down to eight. Or I mean, saying it's down eight. That's points. how much, how many points taken. Yes. Yes. I'm just saying it's somewhere between eight. Uh. Unless this one is the kernel of the whole group. I'm trying, guys. You guys are. Me. <laughs> okay, so the second the second corn's turn is done, and then corn four, which is in front of Shira, is going to attack Shira. So wow. first, it needs to. I guess it needs to roll the C. That seems fair. I fell off the table. Yep, it can see. And it does a 16 to hit. It's 21, so no. Does not hit. Ah. Well, regardless, it does not hit. So the coin is going to take a step back. It's going to move five feet into the distance. So now it's like 10 feet between me and that corn. And you can't see it. You don't know where that corn went. That corn what? disappeared into a a burst of pollen. Gross. Breaks, your turn. Imagine Brit sneezes a few times from the pollen because it's so thick. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, how far? Actually, I can't see it, right? You can't see corn for, but corn two is directly in front of Dante. I'm going to move towards that one and I'm going to make a strike at it. So it's two, right? The movement and then the attack. So the movement is one turn and the strike will be one turn, but you still have to roll above a five to see if you can really see it. So it's a d20 to see? Yeah. Okay. Alright, it was a 17 to see. Okay. You see it. So dramatic. 28. 
Uh, yeah, that's a hit. That's actually a crit. Great. Uh, the crit is a piercing damage, right? Yes. It's normal damage and target sickened for one day rounds. It's called Stinger. It stings. So it's 17 points of damage. Jeez. That was a fucking hit. Yeah, it dies. You stab it, and it when you are pulling back, stabbing it, the whole top part above the uh, above where you stabbed just completely like rips off. Oh. And uh, it also sprays blood everywhere. Oh man. Ugh. All right. I want Sarah, Imogen, give me a perception check. 13 on the die for a 26. All right. So because you've just killed three of the four corns, the wind blows and the pollen dissipates a little bit. And Imogen, you hear something behind you but before you can react there is a knife pressed to your throat and someone holding you from behind mm. I don't know if you want to do that <laughs> 